This is this is good. This is good. It's a good thing we started a little bit earlier, man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This type of stuff happens, you know. But you know, <laughs> let me tell you a story. I had a story. I have a story with you. Um, you know, um, Brandon, um, Semi, Sammy Dubs. No, I don't. All right. So he's actually a, a friend of ours, of me and and Destroyer. I was I I was interviewing him in one of my in one of my previous episodes. The first hour we were just going ham and we were just going back and forth and there was some juicy shit. Like the stuff that I had to bleep stuff out so people don't you know try to cancel me, you know? Yeah, I gotcha. Boy, would you know it that I was looking down on my meter, on my volume meter, and I couldn't see myself. So I like, hold on, let me stop recording. When I re replay the recorded video. Bro, Brandon was talking, but I wasn't. Didn't record anything you said? Nothing. So it's it, literally oh. we spent an entire hour just having a conversation, but the computer didn't record me. Jeez. Oh, my <laughs> God. That was a headache. That was just like, nah, bro, this cannot be happening, man. Nah, nah. <laughs> I'd be so upset. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, no. I, I was ready to flip this shit off, man. I was just ready to say, you know what? I'm quit. I quit. I quit right now. I don't want to deal with this. I just like <laughs> flip this table off, bro. Oh my lord. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, no. But it was good. It was good. And actually good because afterwards we kept it going and it turned out to be a three hour mo plus conversation of him and me. Nice. I was gonna say, did y'all just go an extra hour or so to make up for it? Yeah, or free, just kind of time lost? Free free hours un uninterrupted, sure. and we just kept it going, you know? I wish yeah. I wish we could have just come back and like let's talk about that stuff that we already did but then it'll feel like uneasy it, it'll feel forceful so it doesn't feel yeah, like exactly. like real stuff you know so like I said I said as like you know what let's just keep it moving let's talk about some other shit you know what we're dealing with our daily lives and whatnot and just whatever bro like whatever I'm not yeah. I, I'm not gonna stress this shit anymore <laughs> true yeah no no it, it, it was bad man so how you doing man how are you i'm doing amazing did you say how old am i did you ask how old i was no i say how you doing but sure <laughs> gotcha. you can tell me how, what how old you are <laughs> sure yeah i'm 23 but i'm doing amazing yeah all right that's good man that's good so one of the things i actually wanted to ask you is that you know give me a little, little bit of introduction about yourself you know yeah, sure. So my name is Justin Weaver. The main project that I work on right now is Jexel, J-E-X-O-L. Jexel. Um, yes, sir. I've been producing for about six years, but mm. genuinely, I haven't taken anything super serious until about this past year, maybe year and a half or so. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I've always been musically inclined. I learned guitar when I was young. I learned how to play drums and stuff like that. But when I discovered EDM and that I could do everything myself, like, I just kind of fell in love, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's that's the love. That's where it all starts. You know, I think like I think that's like one of the reasons a lot of people who who are into bands or play with groups decide to do the solo project by just going EDM because like I can do it on my own. I don't have to wait for anybody. True. And I don't need instruments or anything. You know, I have everything saved on a hard drive. It's so yeah. convenient. Yeah. One of the things I learned of having stuff saved in the hard drives is like always have like triple copies of the same project. Yeah, I have a big external SSD that I back everything up to. I'm so paranoid about that. Oh, bro. I've been dealing with shit my whole life with that, man. I had I have backups of the backups of the backups. And once I have those backups, I also have it backed up in the cloud. Yeah, that's, how, that's smart, though. No, that's how paranoid I am. Because let me tell you, there was a time in which I traveled to Colorado for a tour. 
and mm-hmm. I was in the I was in the airport waiting for for my friend, and I was just there killing time, just making music. All of a sudden, the fucking Ableton just like stopped, and then my whole laptop stopped. So oh, it's just no. like it went blank, blank. And I was like, "What the hell?" I thought I had full power. So and and I was charging. It was already <laughs> plugged up, so there was like no reason. So I like I I spent the entire weekend without using my MacBook, and then when I came back home. I went to the repair shop and told he's like, oh, yeah, your hard drive failed. Oh, no. Nani? Yo. <laughs> Yo, hard drive fell. Like, <gasps> what? Jesus. Did you have everything backed up at the time, though? At the time, some, not all. Because I used to be. No, no, no go. Uh, I was going to say, I used to be super bad about that, like not backing things up, not saving projects multiple times, like you said. Until it started happening to me. So I lost amazing projects that I know would have been nice, but I didn't know if the same happened. Uh, um, yes or no. It saved me to a point, but I forgot to save the rest. So like, and the rest, I was just so involved. I was already in the zone that when I, when I backed it up in the, in the cloud and I reopened it, it didn't got that part. So I was like, Fuck! I can't yeah. just like return back to my old feeling. Just like do the magic <laughs> thing again. I can just have asked it, but that's as far as it can go. I, I was, I was just about to cry at that moment as well. I was just like <laughs> not having it. Like no fucking way. I can't believe like this shit just happened. And and that's why I'm like, dude, spack everything up, save everything, and have it in the cloud. Splice is my True. best friend. Splice is my best friend, man. <laughs> Love Splice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, bro. And you, and does, you say, um, does Splice let you back up your projects and stuff or what? Everything. Oh, I didn't know this. I've been using like Dropbox, Google Drive, etc. But I didn't know Splice did too. No, bro. Like since the early days when Splice started it, like that's that was their whole spiel. Basically, that was basically their whole her ride or die. They didn't start to what it, whatever they are right now, which is like, you know, plugins and samples for everybody like no their thing started with uploading your entire session up in splice and then you can just like download it again whenever how many times you want to and 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 it's always backed up by versions so every time you save a project it gives you a new version that's nice i didn't know splice did that yeah so so if the latest version you didn't like it and you want to come back you can just look at the splice history look for version 20 out of 30 start and it'll re-upload from that point on, and you can go ahead and take it back. That's really cool, too, because I also work on multiple computers. So I feel like that's super easy to download or upload something, go to the other computer, download it, etc. That's another thing. That's another yeah. thing. That's another thing. Why? Because I typically um I typically work with Ableton here in my home and then in the in my workplace. So like when I'm bored at my workplace, I just start breaking Ableton and just go with my projects and just save it in Splice and then come back home and finish it up. That's basically what I do. And it works wonders doing that. You know, you just have to yeah. make sure that you save everything, like everything. And you make sure that when you come back to your other computer, you have the exact same BSTs, plugins, samples and everything. Because there are times in which this is the, like uh, probably the come. There are times in which you when you save something. There are times that the sample that you save on your previous computer, you may not have it on your on this one, and they'll give you like an error and say, hey, you're missing a sample. And you're like, fuck. It's like, all right, whatever it is. I know this sample. When I open it in the next time, it'll be there. Yeah, true. 
yeah, no, like it saves me a bunch of time, you know, I'm telling you. And and I barely have to take my laptop from from my home to work. Like I I just work on my on my work's computer and then do my shit right here. <laughs> yeah, that's so nice. I'm gonna definitely look into that with splice now. And do it, and it's free. Like you can get the basic oh, oh. one. You get the basic one for the cloud version. Download as many, upload as many as you want. Download as many as you want, and then it'll open it. You know, it's dope. It's dope. You know, I highly recommend it for anybody. Highly recommend it because yeah, too many heartaches, too many <laughs> headaches has happened to me on my life. You know, and that's why I have uh, one. I got one G technology that's four terabytes SSD. I got a uh, a lazy that's. That's one terabyte SSD as well. And then I got another Seagate. That's fu- that's another terabyte. Like I got backups all around. And I always like every month I try to back everything up. Even if gotcha. it's already, you know, even if it's already repeated shit, like I'll just overdrive or whatever. It's just now it's just like that, bro. Yeah, definitely a good habit, though. I feel like yeah, and 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 should be a great habit, you know, for everybody who's starting out for music, you know. Definitely now, agree. Now, let me ask you: You say that when you started out EDM, what actually genre you actually start and dwelled into it? Um, I was a little bit more trap focused. I still mm. wrote dubstep, but more like the bro steppy, you know, like Zomboy, oh, okay. the really old kind of, yeah, you know, the nostalgic yeah, dubstep yeah. now. Yeah, of that course, kind of, stuff. of course, the good stuff, the good stuff, <laughs> the good stuff. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Now I'm kind of transitioning to more just like sound design focused music. As weird as that sounds, if I had to compare to other people, I'd say like deviate muerte. I'm trying to kind of push into that. I don't know, empty in a weird way, but just sound design focused, just doing the weirdest stuff that I can, trying to be unique. You know, so that's very interesting. You know, because I talk to a lot of people, and you know, most of the time, sound designing comes up a lot, and I always mm-hmm. irritate them a lot, letting them know, it's like, dude, like if you want to separate yourself from others, like sound, learn how to sound design. Like, I mean, you don't have to be a sound design god. You don't have to be fucking virtual riot level for you to, you know, stand out for others. But sounding different than any other goes a whole lot more better than than sounding the same as Zomboy or any others, you know? True. And I think everybody needs to kind of find their... I feel like there's a lot of stress with sound design with people having like a signature sound like and unique mm-hmm. that way. So I feel like kids open serum or face plant and just like make some weird patch. But I feel like a lot of people underestimate that post-processing. I yes. feel like doing something weird in the post-processing is how I feel like you're going to get those unique results, the things that stand out in the set, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's something that a lot of people um, like gets a lot of, headaches because it's not easy finding your own sound because you it's not easy to find a sound that you actually love and fuck with so much that is like dude i want to put this on every song you know like it's not easy and everybody and you know and especially like like it's weird how it is because the greatest sound designers you know like you tell like virtual riot has its signature but from time to time it, he switches up so it, sometimes he definitely has a different sound yeah i mean you can hear a sound song of his that is like oh yeah that's definitely a virtual riot song and then the next track is like virtual Riot did this song like holy shit like it's different than his regular 
sound beats that you normally would listen to. Yeah. Like, and so it's hard for, so for people to grasp that because it's like, damn, I want to sound different. But at the same time, look at these guys. These guys don't <laughs> even sound the same and they have their own sound. How do yeah. I stand myself? <laughs> and it, and most of the time, it, it, it stems from um, about sound designing. One of the things is like people try to stand out and, you know, and, it's, and the best way to stand out is, you know, post-processing. You know, the best thing I tell everybody is just resample. Like, if you want to sound different and be original at the same time, resample. Like the, and it's like the most cost-effective thing to do because uh, how many people have spent money on, on buying plugins like, you know, like Serum, Faceplant, Vital, or Massive, or whatever, you know, you try to make out songs, you know? You can actually do it for free, quote-unquote, by just resampling shit. Samples like I can say like I can give you a song of mine that I released not too long ago and the majority of the song all I did was just took one sound of one sample from the Moldstead sample pack and I resample it and I made the entire drop. That's what I do for literally every song. That's the way to, that's how it's supposed to go man. That's mm -hmm. that's like the best way and in fact if you care so much about serum, it's like, all right, dude, just create something gnarly, I guess, in serum. Don't go too crazy. And then just resample that sound. Mm -hmm. It makes your sound cohesive. Makes it sound True. like one, like it's unique, you know? Yeah. And like with my kind of style of music that I'm writing, I write in Ableton, which has all those different warping modes. Yes. And yes. just... Just doing something like stretching a sample by a small amount, taking it from like 150 to 160, creates these really cool artifacts depending on the warp mode. Like it's literally 20 different versions from one small change. Oh, I've, that that's a very uh, cool trick that I that they taught me. That and the whole warping, like you can either stretch it out or my my favorite one was like if you actually um, crushed it, you know, by going it fast. Dude, that's my favorite one because most of the time you really do you re, you think that oh by just going faster, you know it'll create it'll create like a like ugh, like a yucky sound like that it won't sound right. But nine times out of ten, when you do that, you unintentionally create it like a glitch sound or something or something crazy that you were like whoa whoa hey whoa where did this come from? Oh my god, it yeah. sounds even better than the original. True. My go-to is putting random bass samples at 999.99 BPM on that clip and pitching what? it octaves up and down. It just, I don't know what it does. I throw them in every song. That's wild. You, I, I only did that once and it's fun. That's wild to hear that, you know, that I, I thought that not many people do that. Yeah, I love doing it and Cool thing is that you take a sine wave and like distort it in some way, and then you do that 999, you know, BPM, say like an octave down, and then you put a race rack on it, and you get these crazy gnarly textures that are so disharmonious in a sense, yeah. but so good. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I I love it. I love it when I have the entire, you know, um the, the sample. And mm -hmm. I could just duplicate it. And once I duplicate it, I consolidate it so I, so I can have like one long bar. And then I just modulate the the octaves. I just create like like a certain pattern. So it goes, go, instead of go, whoa, it goes, whoa, 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 whoa,
more sh more crazy shit at that. Like, wow, you gave me an idea because I haven't done that in a long time and I want to do that again. Time to open up the voice memos on the phone. <laughs> Seriously, do you do that a lot? All the time. Yes, sir. Yo, tell me all about it, man. How do you, so what do you do? So you just like come open up the voice memo, be like, blah, 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 and then just like dump it on Ableton? Pretty much. I'm a little weird with it where mm. I'll, for like the first 15 seconds, I'll say, okay, so like, here's the idea for the song and like a really quick summary so that, you know, if maybe I don't like the idea that I come up with later, cause then, yeah, like you said, I'll hum stuff and be like, bah, 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 or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I always try to give myself something at the beginning, like make a song that is, you know, quarter note rhythms with this pattern, blah, 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 blah. And I have so many and they're so cringy to listen back to, but yeah, I'll just throw it into Ableton and like, <laughs> just try my best pretty much. Dude, that's what, you know, it's, it's funny you say that because most of the time you get to have those wild ideas it's funny how, you know, how the human brain works. You get these True. wild ideas when you're not thinking mo most of the time. In the weirdest places. <laughs> In the weirdest places. Like, yeah. that's that's why they, they make that, that, that running joke about like, oh, you know, your base ideas comes from the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Or the shower. All or the, the time. shower all the time. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I need to install a recorder in the shower. So, you know, I won't forget it. <laughs> Just to have an iPad in the shower with Ableton set up. <laughs> We're like, record like, whoa. Yes, sir. <laughs> Just go nuts around it, man. I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's some psychology, psychological shit that I learned over the years in which I discussed this with a, a bunch of artists here. Um, the reasons why that shit happens is, you know how, this is how I look at uh, my brain, my, or any human brain. I feel like every human brain is like a big hard drive. It's like a big computer hard drive in which it can only store a certain amount of time and then delete a couple of things to a certain amount of time, right? So most yeah. of the time, you're always learning something new every day. Every day you're doing something new and you're learning something new and your 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 brain itself is rec reading it and recording it. So it's like an SSD, read and write, read and write, read and write. That's it. That's what it does. And then when you get stuck, those writers block, you get stuck and you're like, fuck, I can't think about it. It's because most of the time when you get those moments is that your brain is like full up and you need to free some space. So how do you free your space? All right, do stuff that you normally don't have to think about doing it. It just comes natural. Like, for example, you, you learn how to drive a car. You learn, you got your license, you practice it, and then you do it on an everyday basis, right? You learn how to drive a car. But that was like for a period of time. Once you, once you finish learning how to drive a car, it just becomes automatically with you. You don't think that you're driving. You just know that, oh, to get to point A and point B, I just got pick up my car, drive over there, and that's it. Your, your brain is freeing its space because it's not thinking. It's doing, it's, it's not, your body is naturally reacting to, to a point like, okay, I know what to do with it. Same as brushing your teeth. You're not thinking that you're brushing the teeth. Like you're not doing something while when you're brushing the teeth. No, you're just brushing your teeth. That's, Something automatically that you do every day. You wake up, you go, you go to the bathroom, 
and you brush your teeth, it's automatically. You don't go, you don't go to the to the bathroom and shower. You already know how to shower. You don't have to think how to shower. You just shampoo and, and soap. That's when the ideas start to come in. That's when fresh new ideas start to come in because you're no longer thinking about stuff. Your body's just reacting of doing automatically stuff that lets your, your brain itself be like, okay, let me welcome more information. What is there? And that's where, you know, our little wow sessions in the bathroom comes around. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's super interesting, actually. I've never really thought of it that way, but I really like that because I've always... I don't know, for writer's block with me personally, I just have to jump into the DAW and put something down, save right. it and walk away. Like, I guess, but it kind of relates, I feel like just emptying one of those ideas out real quick can kind of freeing up that room right. in a sense, you know? That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 everybody's different, you know, how, how they True. process some of, some of this stuff, you know? But yeah, I always ask like, like, do you believe in what writer's block? And if so, what do you do with it, you know? Yeah. And most of the time, I just tell people, it's like, you know, if I get writer's block, I just just don't do anything. There's multiple ways to solve it. A lot of people don't believe it. Believe it or not, there's a, a lot of producers that I've interviewed here. They say they don't believe it. If they say that it's just a lazy excuse of saying that what you're doing is not the idea that you intended to do. Yeah, I agree with that in a sense. In but I've also had those times where it stretches on so long. So I'd consider that for sure a writer's block at that point. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm with you on that part. Like I got, there's, I tell you, there's no right or wrong answer when it comes to writer's block. Everybody has their own vision of writer's block, you know, and people have pushed me back with this. I was like, ah, that's fine. That's your interpretation of writer's block. I have my own. Everybody is, else is different. And normally I'll just tell people like, all right, just stop what you're doing. And do something that makes you happy. Do something that that you you know you enjoy yourself. You know, for instance, I like to I like playing competitively Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I just go to my local card shop and play Yu-Gi-Oh with a couple of homies. You know, and that's and that's my thing. And I don't think about making music. I just you know play my game and that's it. Ride a bike, go to the beach. You know, spend time with your family or my kids with my fiance. Like do some do stuff activities that are outside of your normal zone. Yeah. Before you know it, the shit is going to come back. And when it hits you hard, you'll be like, oh, oh, I can't wait to come back to the, oh, oh, I can't wait till I get to the session. I know how to fix this. I know how to do this. Oh, I know the new idea that I want to come up. All right, let's go. And before you know it, open up the session, you go and then everything just like makes sense. There you go. True. Yeah. And I would definitely say, uh, like, whenever I have those moments too, when I finally have that idea, it helps me so much if I write for a small amount of time and then just stop for like, say, 30 minutes yeah. and get up and just walk around. Because then while I'm doing something, say, like making lunch or make a coffee or something like that, I have all these other ideas in my head, like for a B section or something like that. So that when I sit back down, same thing, spitting out all those ideas. That's actually another effective way of doing things, you know, and and it's something that I've I've done back in the past in which I basically do. I put myself on a rigid schedule in a way. Let's say because a lot of people have daily jobs. A lot of people have their, you know, whatever bullshit they have to deal every day. Not everybody has the luxury to make music every day like other musicians. And that's fine. There are ways to, to do this. 
One of the ways I do this, because I work on a nine to five, I have no problems with my job. I love my job because it gives me liberty to do these type of stuff. After I work, because I get out of five o'clock and, you know, five o'clock, four o'clock is rush hour. It's traffic. You don't want to deal with that. Especially in Miami, yeah. Yeah, no, no, especially in Miami, (laughs) it's horrible, you know? Oh, yeah, Yeah. no. Taking the 95 is, yeah, no, fuck that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I hate dealing traffic, bro. I hate dealing with traffic. I hate dealing with the people. Same here. (laughs) So, so to for me to avoid that, because I say like I'm taking I'll be like at least an hour, an hour on traffic. By the time I get home, it'll be six, six thirty ish. And then, you know, I got to cook or do other shit. Why not? You know, it's it's late, you know. So what I do, what I did, I clock out at five and I start working on my projects. At work. At work. At my mm-hmm. office. I'm more work. And and it doesn't have to be at work. It, uh, apply this to anywhere that you can feel like you have an hour or two to kill time, you know? And that's what I did. Every day, I killed time like for an hour or two. Every day. And once I'm done, by the time it was getting close to 7 p.m., it's like, ooh, okay, let me shut this shit down. I don't look at it until the next day. And I just go to my car, no traffic, be there home like in 20 minutes instead of an hour. And I just do my fin and then just go to sleep. That's fair. I really like that idea too of not touching it until the next day. I have very bad habits around that. And it, and it's no and it's not in anybody's fault about it, you know, but it's certain discipline. Discipline. That's the word. True. We had sometimes we had to be a little bit more disciplined and like and committed that if we really want this. We need to be disciplined enough that we we want this to do to be a everyday basis, you know, and True. and that's why I tell people is like, dude, just dedicate an hour or two of your time every day, just one or two. If you want to do three or four, that's up to you. I don't recommend <laughs> it because that's that takes a lot. One or two, and I can guarantee you, in those first hour or two, you're always on a fresh idea, on a fresh stuff, and that you're already on, you know on your mode. And once you stop after the the one or two, you'll feel you'll feel satisfied. Satisfied to the fact that I I accomplished at least something. I did something different today. Yeah. I did it. I made it. I made it. And then the next day you make another goal and do the same thing. It's like today I'm best to fix this. Today I'm best to write this. Today I did this and that. And and make that schedule every day from Monday for Friday. Just two hours. Don't overdo it. It's not a month. And guarantee you the results, you will be amazed. I like that you specified Monday through Friday too, because I was going to say, I feel like it's really smart to take a rest day too and not touch music and keep yeah. everything fresh. Yeah. yeah, bro. Like, like that's, I mean, that's why you have the weekends, you know, I guess in the weekends, that's where a lot of producers like, no, but I'm only free on Saturdays and Sundays. I'm like, all right, that's fair. You know, like you can't do it during the weekday because you're tired. Why not? All right, so do it on the Saturdays. But then you'll say that you'll dedicate an entire Saturday for four to five, six hours. That's that's a little bit too much because then you're basically telling me you're you want to wait until the next Saturday to continue working. Yeah, that's way too long. <laughs> and then you'll be able to what work an hour on the, on a on a Monday or a Tuesday on it. Why don't you just like bro, like literally? Two hours, Monday from Friday, that's what? 10 hours? 10 hours. <laughs> you achieve more on that than you, what you can achieve on one day of six or eight hours. 
A hundred percent. Yeah. Plus, you know, trying to compact so much into one day, like kind of screws you over because you're focused on a single thing or you're spreading, you know, minimal effort across multiple things, you know, Yeah. versus you can dedicate things almost like going to the gym, having like a push day and a pull day or something like that. Mm. (laughs) But it's same thing. Imagine you decide to go to the gym, but you only go on Saturdays and you only spend six, uh, six hours on, on the fucking gym. And then yeah. the rest of the week, you're not doing anything. <laughs> no progress at all. That's what I'm saying. At one point, your body itself will will have its limitations. And then you're, you can, and your results will be like, literally, you'll see your results. It'll be like, damn, like, these are not the results that I wanted versus doing the whole two hours every Monday from Friday. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and, and this is, of course, this goes by, like, if you really want this and you're hungry for it and you want to just do this on a daily basis because you're passionate about it, then, yeah, these are the sacrifices you got to make, you know? But if you're doing this just because, you know, you don't want to work and you just want to do something different and you're in the, in the moment, then maybe it's not, maybe it's not it for you. Yeah, true. 100% agree. But keep it as a hobby, you know? Like, you're not going to make it off the jump, you know? Just, that's why I like, you know, one to two hours a day, that's perfect. Cause I feel like you're not gonna get burnt out that amount, you know? Exactly. And you and you said it very keenly, man. Make it as a hop. Do yeah. something that makes you happy, man. If that makes you happy as a hobby, that you know that you know that you're not investing so much about it, but yeah, at the same time, you're still kicking on it. That's the important thing because that's if you ask any of these producers, any of these established artists, they'll tell you the same thing. Now, man, I just did it because I was I love it. None of them has ever said, I did it because I need money. No, they yeah. all said that, I, oh, I just did it for as a hobby. And then it eventually it just Yeah, out. the followers will come, you know, it takes time, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, th- that's very important. And I tell this very often because there's times in which a lot of artists, you know, give advice to people. And I feel like that's very half-assed or very bad advice to give to someone to say like, Oh, how do you, what do you do when, when to make it to the top to where you are? It's like, oh man, just keep grinding and don't stop. And, you know, just, you know, I quit, I quit my job and I focus everything I did. And then look where I am. Oh my God, that is amazing advice. No, Mm, every person's different. (laughs) Every person is different. Dude, I I could not do the, the, I call it the struggling artist routine because the struggling artist is, you know, not have a job and make music all day, every day. And that's the only thing that you do until you actually make it, until you, you know, yeah. you fart it out. I could not do that because I had, I had student debt to pay off. I got credit card debts. I got car payments. I got rent, you know, like, this, there's a there's there's a thing that's called financial responsibility that every person in this world has it you know not many people are lucky enough to be young enough to sponge off from mom and dad not not saying that it's a bad thing you know but I I didn't have that luxury to be you know that my parents would take care of all my bills and I could just focus on my shit no they'll they'll tell me get get the fuck out like you need to work your ass off. You need to be responsible. And that's something I tell everybody. It's like, whatever you're doing, like if if you love doing music, all right, they keep it as a hobby, you know, but, and then when, once you see that there's 
money involved and you see that money is actually coming your way and that it's really happening. Okay, then make that transition. Yeah, I think it's important to note, though, wait until the money is decent, number one, and steady, number two. Don't just get, you know, your first bookings for, say, like $50 or something like that and then quit your job, you know? Stuff like that (laughs) takes so much time. Holy shit, $50 for a booking? Damn, bro. Welcome to Texas. (laughs) 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 Or a pizza, that's it. Uh, Hey, Hey, I wasn't far off from when I was in my, you know, promotion days, bro. You know how much they pay me to to perform in these gigs? Exposure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exposure, free. Yeah. That I, got- I feel like I was gonna say, as weird as it sounds, like at least for me personally, I don't mind playing shows for free. You know, it would be nice to have even some gas money or something. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm just having fun. I just want to play out my tunes. You know, have right. a good time. Now, I don't mind doing that. I mean, that was the only way of doing things. But as I grew up, I learned that, you know, if people really want this, like I, I will tell people, you know, stay away from the promotion game, you know, because most of the time, the promoters to you, you're not you're just another number. You're just Correct. a number statistic to them. You know, is somebody that I can benefit, you know, for free, you know, cost affected that all they have to do is just promote the show and they'll bring the people and it earns me money and you know they get their exposure they get their what you call it you know their their five seconds of fame you know i tend to tell people it's like you know like don't promote honestly don't promote and just focus on music you know because i have been promo i, I was a promoter for like at least a, two three years i spent over at least best at least 500 hours of street promo while you were producing or at a separate time? Jesus. 500 hours. <laughs> Festivals like Life in Color, Ultra, Sunset Music Festival, EDC, any any of the local South Florida shows for any of big artists that come over, Club Space, Club Heart Nightclub, you know, and Club Cinema at the time. I've done at least that amount. And, and as I was looking back, I say, fuck me. Those 500 hours of doing shit for free, I could have used it of me making my own songs and learning my own craft. You know yeah. what I mean? But if, yeah, but if you had to go back, would you do it the same way again or would you not promote? Like, did you have any benefit from doing that? I'm not going to lie that I, I, I got some benefits out of it by being a promoter. Will I come back and do it again? No. I will actually like if I come back or if I say if I travel back in time and see myself at the moment when he decides like I'm going to be a promoter for so and so, I would have just gone on to that per- to him and say, hey, you're going to spend five hundred dollars, five hundred hours of yourself with these guys. They're going to book you like a few shows. And you're going to be spending lots of gas and, and money on it. You'll be on a credit card debt. Use those 500 hours to yourself um, making music, learning how to sound design, learning how to um, song structure, learning how to mix a master, learn how to this and that, learn how to market. Yes. That's very important. <laughs> yeah. Learn how to market yourself. Learn how you learn the pr- all the all the things that that attracts people to listen to your music, learn how to do that, and I guarantee you, you'll be 
far off better off than being a promoter. That's fair. So, so while I don't have that many regrets on being a promoter, because it depends on being a promoter, I was able to see the industry on a, on a certain perspective. However, I do have those regrets that I was like, damn, like I did spend like 500 hours, you know, like I could have used that time to do this or do that. And, or maybe, or maybe, maybe this is me, me talking. Maybe I could have be a little bit more far off into the game than where I am right now, you know? Yeah. And what is it they say? It's like a thousand or 10,000 hours at something makes you an expert, you know? Yeah. I don't know if you've heard that. Yeah. It, it, I've heard, I heard the term, you know, like if you, if you work on something, you practice on something every day, makes you like a, you know, an expert on certain things. So you do like a hundred, imagine if you do like 500 hours of sound designing at this, at this point, you, you better have like five fucking albums. <laughs> For real. Yes. Or sample packs or something. Start getting that brand out. Yeah, exactly. You know, but you know, hey, I, I this is something that I tell people, you know, part of my story or my, you know, my whole shindit of how things go. But I want to hear like your side of the story of how, you know, things are in your end, especially in Texas, because every other state and every country is different. But yeah, I'm interested to hear your story. Uh, regarding like promotion or yeah, what prom- specifically? I guess? No, and promotion and how the industry has been treating you. Um, in all honesty, the industry has not been treating me amazingly <laughs> as, uh, bad as that is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's only a few promoters or like main promoters in, I'm in Dallas. So in that area, um, and even San Antonio, Houston, Austin, there's really not too many different promoters you could reach out to. They all kind of lead back to the same, uh, company, but, um, Basically, like with my personal experience, um, one of my friends, his name is Aljamar. He goes by Anubis. He played a set in like downtown Fort Worth. He was like, hey, you want to come up with me, you know, for like the last 30 or something like that. So we ended up doing a back to back, which was fun. And I got introduced to a lot of people, including some promoters. Um, But then like for a while, they only wanted to book me if I did another back to back with him. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it was very associated like that it was hard for me to kind of branch out and you know be an individual push myself my own music etc um and to this day have not played a full solo set uh but i got my first bigger show if you will um i don't know if you know these names but yaks and sisto were opening for them which is super nice good time slot and everything so i'm hoping this kind of opens the door a bit more now that there's more people watching right damn bro <laughs> that, that, so we'll see we'll see man good luck with that absolutely man i appreciate it i Thank i can you. relate to that you know when it comes to you know promoters shoving you into doing back to bats and the reason why they do that is because they're just it's easier for them to to make your promise it's like yeah i promise you i'm gonna make uh put you on a set they fulfilled your promise and it's easier for them to kill two birds with one stone I was going to say that plus like, you know, whoever the two artists are, you know, if it was say me and you doing a back to back, like you bring your audience and I bring. So it's technically I, quote unquote, double the people or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Even though, you know, we're both doing this. It's not exactly how it works. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that's how, you know, some of these promoters see it, you know, and, you know, unfortunately for them, you know, it, when I'm doing back to bats, I'm not bringing anybody. 
Because shit, I'm like I said, like I moved here in Miami. I have nobody here, and anybody who, who was who's into ADM, they outgrew it. So I'm the only one who got stuck with ADM. So I didn't have anybody that can invite from my age to say like, "Hey, come over to the show and whatnot." So sucks for them. Basically, because all I just got to do is just hop in on someone else's set and just like do a back to bed and that's it. Yeah. But and I relate really, really well to that because I'm originally from Austin. I went to uh, college out in a random place called College Station and then right after college moved to Dallas. Mm-hmm. And I knew zero people up here who were in the actual scene. I had a few friends who liked the music, but nothing crazy. So right. I'm super grateful for, for people like uh, Gibby Destroya. Yeah. You know, he's introduced me to a ton of people, giving me a ton of opportunities. So we're getting there, you know, slowly but surely. Shout out to him, man. Absolutely. Shout out to him. He is an amazing dude. For real. Oh, absolutely, man. A real G, man. I had the privilege to talk to him earlier in earlier, like a few months ago, you know, but it was it was very good, you know. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I totally get it. And it's very hard. Like you said, it's hard to, you know, stand out and branch yourself as, you know, as I'm, I'm this instead of being associated with, yeah, I'm only this when I'm with him, and that's it. Yeah, because that was the same thing, you know. It's like they, like it, like I will, I will want to open my own set, but like the first three, four shows that I had, it was all back to backs. Yeah, yeah. So and it, I feel like I was gonna say I feel like it's gonna be that way for me. I'm a little bit okay with it, I guess. But you know, I'm sure you understand kind of the hey, you know, I'm a solo project. But. Yeah, it's, yeah, and and eventually you have to say that. Eventually you have to speak on it and say like, hey, I don't mind doing these, and as long as he's good, I'm good. We can do it. But eventually, I want my own project. Like eventually, yeah. I want my own set. Like I don't, I don't want to share with with anybody. Not trying to be an <laughs> asshole, but yeah, I want my own set. And unless you say that, unless you speak about it, these promoters are just gonna keep booking you to to do back to back with people, you know, and it wasn't, yeah. and, and I told them straight up, um, I told them straight out to my promoters, like, hey, don't book me on any, uh, any shows if you're putting me on a back to back with someone that I do not know. Like, I I will only do back to backs with, with homies, with people that I trust and I can, I can, you know, go around with them. But if it's with somebody that I, that I know from distance, I just don't know them like that and you're just going to book me like that, they don't. I want my own set. I'd rather have my own set. I don't care if I have to open up the fucking show. Like, just don't give me a back-to-back set. And, you know, just give him my voice. And they gave me my sh- my shot. And then they liked it. And be like, all right, keep it going. Nice, yeah. I guess I, I want to do that. But I have a little bit of a fear of them being like, well, that's the only reason we want to book you. So we'll just not even uh, consider you or something along those lines. It's just I'm a very paranoid person, but you know. I get I get the paranoia actually comes up to you, you know, and it's and it and it sometimes is the what if, you know, what if I do this, you know? But exactly. You, but you can you can't live like that, man. Like you gotta you can't live with the shoulda, coulda, woulda. You gotta you, you gotta go and and drop some cojones and let them know, <laughs> you know, like, hey, I'm just like that, you know, like and if you don't guys don't wanna book me unless it's with 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 someone else and all right then i i appreciate it then thank you thank you for i was just gonna say that's definitely a big thing i'm learning is that a little bit of selfishness and a little bit of arrogance helps as weird as it sounds because like you need to push yourself 
Yeah, because if not, you'll be a doormat for these guys. Yeah, you'll just be another name in the scene, you know? Yeah, and if you're not, you know, making some moves either, that's another thing. You got to demonstrate like, like, oh, dude, like I'm making moves. Like I got so-and-so listening to my music and they're playing my music. I'm making collabs. I'm making songs like I think I, I deserve a slot. I deserve yeah. a slot. Oh, yes, sir. It's a little hard, though. <laughs> I get it. Hey, you, you think Dallas is bad, man? Come over to Miami, man. I was going to say, yeah, there's so many more people over there, I feel like. But I don't know. Dallas is a little crazy, too, because it's very it's a very big area, you know, like the Dallas Fort I Worth agree. Metro yeah. parks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just tell, I just talk about it from base of experience. I just go say like, this is how it is, man. This is how it yeah, is. No, I appreciate it. And, and maybe, maybe they took me very seriously because they, because the promoters was almost the same age as me. Every other kid oh. is, 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 is under early twenties, mid twenties. You know, I was already close to my thirties and I was always almost as the same age as the promoter. So yeah. I so I guess at that point I can like tell him straight up it's like yo man like like I get it I get it you want me to put me on shows and I'll continue to do my film but give me a full good fucking show you know give me a show in fact it got it got to the point you know that I got very close to the head of the promoter that became his not right hand his left hand man <laughs> fair so if his right hand is not working I'm his left man. And I and nice. I and I got very very close and personal to it, and I got to tell him it was like, yo, bro, like, put me on this show, like, put me on this show, and, if, and then if if you can't put me on this show, then put me on the next one. That's with this, you know. But yeah. I, but you have to speak up. You have to demonstrate. Have to. Look at the progress I'm making. That goes without saying. Show them progress, because because I'll be telling that yo, I did a collab with you know Big and Slim. Adventure Club is playing my tracks. If I didn't tell them, it's like, I'm being legit. Like, give me, give me a slot. If I didn't tell them some of those stuff, probably they would have not, you know, put me to all this, all the slots that I wanted, you know? Yeah, for sure. So definitely have, have a little backup when, if, when you're going to go and transition and say like, Hey, I want my own slot, you know? Now, when it comes to you actually, you know, making music, how long does it usually take you to uh, like, complete an entire track or yeah, yeah to finish finish a project it really depends like when i write it sometimes you know i'll finish a whole song from start to finish in a day other times you know it takes me a month other times you know i just have whips that never get finished you know it's very random i'd say on average probably a week or two week or two and how often you actually release those uh, I am very bad at that. I put oh. everything in the vault. I keep everything private until I, you know, I'll send a few submissions here and there, but for the most part, you know, I kind of just hold on to everything. That's interesting. Like when you say you throw a few submissions, like you actually send it to, to blogs or labels. Uh, what do you mean? Blocks? Blogs, you know, like oh, blogs. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, no, for the most part, I stick to labels. I've been thinking about blogs, though. I've heard that's a good way to kind of get everything out there a little bit, too. That's actually like if you're doing submissions, that's like one of the best ways to do it because that's how they you get much more of a bigger exposure. I've heard that. Yeah, I definitely need to look into that more. Find some good ones. My first my two singles were released at dubstep.net. Mm hmm. 
And that got me like a hell of a followers. Nice. So it's like, yeah, it's definitely worth it. I've released multiple tracks at the early days for Drop Central and Hybrid Trap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like I definitely have multiple release. I've worked with them previously in the past. I've did, I did all their vocal packs. Every vocal pack that they have ever released, it's done by me. Oh, really? That's super cool. Yeah. I know they're from Texas. I just never asked them like which part of Texas. So it was like, but I, but it, it, I, it's cool that to know that, you know, that, that you're around from that area. Yeah. And that's cool too about like, how did you go about making a sample pack for someone? Cause like literally in my free time, I'll just sound design or like make drums or something like that. And I usually just send them to the homies, but I've always been like, Hey, like I definitely feel like I could put this out somewhere with somebody, you know? Basically I did what normally what every person should do if they ever want to release tracks with labels, give them a reason why they should besides, you know, besides releasing your music, give them a reason why which they should work with you, you know, because to them, they, they hear your song. It's dope. Okay. But why should we take a chance at you? So something that I learned and it has worked effectively amazing. That's not even a correct word, <laughs> but I'm going to use it because it has okay. offered them a certain service. Pretty much. There's no, there's no around it. That's as simple as you offer them a service. Offer them like, hey, you know, can you take a look at my son and, you know, in return, I can, you know, I'm good. I'm good with doing this, this and that. And I can actually offer you something for free for the next two projects or whatnot. And you let me know what you guys think about it. They get appealed with that. Because now you're going on a business point. And, and, and it doesn't look like you're just being any other random person that says like, oh, I just want to release my song because it's dope. And that's that. No, you're you're giving them some sort of value. That's what it is. So I hit Hybrid Trap and I told them, you know, hey, like, we'll be dope if you guys can release this song on either Drop Central or Hybrid or whatnot. And if you guys want, I can do a vocal pack, like a free vocal pack. All I ask for you guys is just promote me and let the people to follow me. And that's it. That's all that's all you guys gotta do, you know, and and you know, give my chance of my song, you know. But that's all that's all I ask from you guys. I'm no money, no anything, just and I'll give it to you guys. It's a hundred hundred vocal packs, a hundred vocals, you know, with effects and whatnot. And and if you guys got some phrases and words that you want me to say, I'll be more than happy to do so. Next day I got an email say, yo, we would like that. Nice, yeah. We will and that's how you do it. You basically give offer them a service, and that not that's just not only for labels. That goes with anything with any artist. If you want an artist to you know to fuck with you and you know say like, hey, you know if you can, it would be cool if you can listen to one song for feedback or whatnot. Offer them something in return, something of equal value. Like you know, you're you're asking them to listen to your song. You know, that's taking their busy schedule of listening to it. Nine times out of ten, our artists will listen to your song. And if they fuck with it, they fuck with it. No problem. And they'll give you feedback and whatnot. That's fine. But the, you know, the more tedious ones, offer them some sort of a, a service and say, like, hey, man, like, I actually do 
vocal pads. In my case, I do vocal pads. <laughs> I got like three different vocal pads. If you want, I could give it to you for free. You know, so, so one day you decide to to use one of my vocal pads, you could just put it there. You know, no charts, just have them use. You get immediately response out of there because now you're seeing them. Like I said, it's just an, an, a different business tactic than that gives you an equal value and an equal opportunity for you to do some of the stuff, you know? Yeah, that's super, super interesting because I would always, at least with my perspective, you know, the person that I'm messaging, whether it's a label, whether it would be a blog or even a random artist, like their following is so much greater. Like the fact that they're even taking the time out of the day to listen to my track or whatever it is, like, I feel like I'm in a position that I need to compromise. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As opposed to what you're saying, which is offer more. So that's super interesting. Yeah. And, and, and it doesn't, and doesn't take you much. It's more, it's more satisfying that way because that way you actually build a better relationship with the person than, than it is to hoping, you know, this person will hear about it. They'll see it. They'll release it. And that's it. That I would never heard them ever again. Yeah, true. Yeah. So let me ask you, normally when you send demos to these submissions, how often do you get, you know, respond back? Um, very rarely, but on occasion I will, but I've had very bad luck with releasing, uh, stuff pretty much through anybody else. Like the very, very first track I ever tried to release, they accepted it, held it for six months. And then they were like, ah, actually, never mind, We changed our mind. Oh and then I sent that one to another label and they said, Oh, we love it. We just want you to add a, like an extra melody or something to the first 12 seconds, you know, really catch someone's eye. And I was like, okay, perfect. So I did that, sent it back, never heard back from them. But that song is out now, came out last year, I think. So <laughs> over the bridge. But yes, to answer your question, occasionally. But I don't have the best luck. Let me tell you a story, man. I don't know if, you, if you don't watch that after my show. But if you get, ever get a chance, take a look at my previous interviews. In fact, take a look at the one of the um, episodes that talks about demo submissions and why I discuss not sending them. I'm going to give you a brief story about it. Uh, I did an experiment. I, I, did, I have a, like a shitload of songs. I sent it over to a bunch of my homie producers. They all gave me great feedback out of it. They said, yo, they're dope and they want to play and one daddy yada, yada. All right, cool. That's basically as far as my gratification that I that I needed. The fact that some of my producers that they're established, they yeah. liked it, they fuck with it. All right, cool. Then let's do it. Let's go. I'm gonna send it to this label. I'm gonna send it to this label. I'm gonna send it to this one. And this one. I, I tell you, I sent it over to at least 20 something dubset labels. Out of those 20 dubset labels. Half of them read the email and less than half of that hurt my music. And then probably one responded to me back and say, yeah. and say, yeah, I love it. Yeah. 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 Um, let me send it to the IT team. No, I mean, IT team, the, to the, <laughs> to the A&R team to see what's up. Yeah. And then we can move forward from there. I'm like, yeah, dope. Yeah, man. We decided that we don't want to release it. Keep sending us stuff. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, I right, bet. 
I did that as an experiment. And the reason why I did it as an experiment, it's to prove a lot about people. When it comes to labels, they don't really give a fuck about whatever you're sending. This is a true no. story. This is a true story. Not just me. It's also based on other people that I've contacted that they sit down in this show and they talked about it. Everybody has their experience with labels and they can tell you their stories. Majority of these submissions, they're all spam folders. The majority of them. There's probably like a few here and there, like like the Subsidia, DPMO, Root Service, that they will listen to your songs. Yeah. But the majority of them, they're all fucking demos, spam folders. <laughs> and they did that on purpose because they don't want... Because the people are because these people are tired to send demos to to the general inquiry bots, so they put up a demo link or a demo folder or a demo email, so people can send it over. But in reality, they they really don't give a shit. They're not really listening to it. They're just like, you know, whatever they feel is good is good. You know, they they really don't give a fuck. So the only way to get attention to from these ARs is by you know, having your music being played by artists, that's the only way. That's the only way for you to have any any of these ARs to to even look at you. Because the whole point of, of this is that you want them to look at you. But approaching them is not them looking at you. Approaching them is you looking at them. And yeah, it should true. be the other way around. They should be like, they should be hitting you up, say, yo, release one of your sons over here, you know? That's how yeah. it's supposed to be. That's how it is. Because at the end of the day, it's business. They don't want anything to, you know, to start something from scratch or not. No, they want somebody that's already established, that's already have a fan base, that's an active social media presence, and their music is dope. They does all the check marks, and then we can take over and look at them, you know? That's the only way for them, unfortunately. And I've done that experiment so many times. It's just, and it's crazy because I've talked to fucking ARs and they tell me these stories. <laughs> yeah. And and ARs who used to be in ARs, <laughs> and they tell me how shitty really is the, the some of these labels and how shitty really the the whole spiel is. You know, it's it's that that's just how it is. So that's, yeah. So that's why I tell people like, dude, do not waste your time. Do not waste your time. Um sending these demos to any of these labels just release them independently yeah. you're far better off to release it independently than you are really them hoping that they get released on a label because you know what when you don't get their hear back from any of your sons you get that sense of them is is my son really that good that they don't fuck with it that much yeah and then and then that song will never get released just go shops in the drawer, never to be open. Pretty much. And or, you know, you send a track off to a label and you're waiting for, you know, these labels to respond. But if they're never going to open the email, you're sitting on a track. And, you know, there's so many producers out there kind of backing up just a little bit. How you said labels don't really want to take a risk. They want to stick with these established artists. But I feel like the go. best music I hear is all artists with like, 200 or like under 500 yeah. followers. So much better. The more unique stuff, just, 
I don't know, slept on. <laughs> I don't know what it is, bro. Like lately, all the people that I've interviewed that's come along, they're all locals. I listen to their music and holy shit, they sound way better than any of these established artists that get released on, on fucking labels. It's ridiculous, man. But, you know, that's how the industry is working currently, you know, and unless True. we unless we change the narrative out of it, you know, by putting all these artists out there, you know, she will she will always remain the same, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of the struggle, too, is like, that's why I really like people like Destroya. You know, he started that yeah. Kaiju Pit label, yes. which is, you know, underground producers from all over the world getting a platform. He's always, you know, pushing shows and like trying to get that little group onto uh, even opening slots, you know, just small things like that. I feel like supporting the underground is the real way to change the scene to a better place. Does that I make sense? Agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree, man. But hey, I, I that's why I, I give like my props to Destroyer and his Kaiju Pit, you know, collective, you know, because that's exactly how it should be. Just giving some of the minority a voiceover, you know, because not mm -hmm. everybody knows about these. Not I feel like there's so many hidden gems that people are just not noticing or not discovering it. And that's that's where I come in and say, nah, here are the hidden gems. You should take a look at this person. So take a look at this person. Oh yeah, they're making yeah. moves. Super nice, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, let me ask you this: Have you ever been into this festival circuit before? Festival circuit? Yeah, like have you performed in any festivals? Not a festival, no. Hmm. Are you planning to, or have you, have you gotten you know reach with it? Do you know where to get to it? Um, I feel like I definitely need to kind of grow a little bit more you know i have like 200 followers that's not a lot <laughs> so i feel like i don't know kind of back to earlier like there's a lot more safe choices to go with i feel like mm. does that make sense yeah so let me ask you what is your plan of getting you know your project to move forward and get the exposure that you deserve right now it's definitely more shows i have a ton of music that i'm planning on releasing i just got to figure out what i want to do which from talking to you now sounds a lot more like self-releasing more um absolutely you know play more shows get my name out there just a little bit like make sure the local promoters know me yeah. i would love to get to that point where like you said they're reaching out to me then i can kind of move past that local step but you know i know that's going to take some time so but i already broke my end of the year goal which is next week and that's playing at the venue that you know uh, my friend Aljamar and I got booked at so I'm making moves <laughs> there you go there you go we're getting there we're getting there so yes, when, when when it comes to your marketing like w what are your tactics how do you approach the marketing your of your music and your persona yeah so uh I definitely lack a lot on that part to be completely honest, um, I was always a believer that the music would speak for itself. But unfortunately, after meeting people in the scene, I have now realized that is not true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to be active on all socials, even if you're saying dumb, absolutely dumb things. You know, you just have to be consistent with it. And I am not. I feel you with that because I still practice that every day. I do not like social media at all. I feel that. I hate it. Yeah, I feel social media is the devil's uh, butt crack. True. <laughs> I always feel so forced on any social media. Yes. 
I feel very fake and forced upon it if I do yeah. or act something on social media. And when I do it, I just feel like shit. I feel like, man, that this is not me, man. This is like, and 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 it's coming from someone like me that I, I maybe maybe it's because um, I feel the old old man syndrome in which I feel like I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, you know. <laughs> But because I feel I feel silly, I actually feel silly. I feel like like I don't know, like 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 you know, hey yo, what's up, guys? <laughs> you better make sure to click on the link down below and give a like. That's what's up. Like I feel like an idiot when I do that. Yeah, it's not your normal self, you know. It's literally a persona, and I can't do that personally. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the same way. I mean, maybe that's one of the reasons I'm struggling with my podcast and getting my podcast out there more than my music. You know, it's music getting uh, my music out there is much more easier to market versus my podcast is just a very niche audience that's hard to get. You know, that's fair. Yeah, but. Still, that's not going to stop me for not doing what I love doing, you know, and I just try to find ways how to market myself, you know, because I, I get I rather I rather have pay. I rather have someone pay for my marketing. Yeah. Like I I will pay you if you do mark if you market my my show than me doing stupid, silly shit um, on fucking social media. Just to, yeah. just to see like, oh, yeah, I'm active or, you know, I'm here and whatnot. It's like. And the thing that I dislike too is say you're active on Instagram and Twitter, but nothing else. Well, you're missing a ton of the market. And so yeah. my friends have been pushing TikTok a lot because a lot of following comes from TikTok. There's a whole EDM scene over there. And I cannot, for the life of me, come up with the idea I'm comfortable with. I cannot. Dude, my friend told me the same thing. Go to TikTok. I'll blow some of your clips on TikTok, man. Yeah. I'm like, all right, bet. I I tried it. It's dope. I I got fucking uh, my clits averaging from from 50 to 100 to 500 views per clip, but I didn't see any results um on my on my on my Facebook page. I mean, on Facebook page. On my YouTube channel. All I got it was from from TikTok. That's it. I didn't get it all from 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 my YouTube channel, and that's what I care the most is my YouTube channel to grow from there, and it's not easy, but that's where I want all the views. I did it; it's dope. You definitely get a lot of attraction. The problem with me on that is that it takes a lot of my time to do that. Like true, you have to literally dedicate an entire day just to do that, man. You know what it is that I I I am the one man army of my show. I I I look for the people to interview. I schedule them. I interview them. I edit edit the edit mix and master the episodes. I add I add effects intro and outro. I upload them. I bounce them because that takes hours. I bounce them and then yeah. upload it to YouTube. I do the art, the graphic design, the thumbnail of every single one, and I schedule it. And then I have to do the marketing of that too. Yeah, you need an assistant, huh? <laughs> need an assistant or something? Fuck yeah! <laughs> I kid you not, dude. That that's that's all on me, man. And and then I, and then adding the clips. Fuck! I have to re-listen to the podcast over again. And find which ones are the best parts that I can put it on a two-minute clip. Two, three-minute, three-minute tops. <laughs> tops. 
to a two yeah. or three minute clip tops so I can upload it on TikTok. I can upload it on Instagram. I can upload it on Twitter or any other whatever and only get a few responses. This is like, nah, bro. Like, I'd rather have, I'd rather pay somebody to do all this shit, you know? Have you seriously considered paying someone for it or you kind of like doing the whole experience yourself though? No, I really consider paying someone. Like, I don't mind. Like, if you know somebody that's willing to do, you know, a hundred bucks per episode, you know, I'm I'm down for it. Yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> Fucking yeah, you know, because I'm do it. <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm paying you a hundred bucks, you know, to do a clip, you know, to cut the, the best the best version of the episode and put it up. Like, no. I want you to fucking move my show, promote it, like market it, make sure that I'm seeing, you know, results on my on my viewership, my statistics. If not, I'm, what's the whole point? I'm just giving you a hundred bucks for free. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, and no. plus, like having someone to help you with that kind of stuff, me put out more episodes, which favors the algorithm, you know, especially on YouTube. Exactly. Exactly. It's, I don't know, it's just one of the things that I, you know, it's hard to find, you know, anybody who's willing to down to do that, or maybe I haven't found the person to do it, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll get there when we cross the bridge, but social media. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's the devil's butt crack in which you have to be present all the time in order for people to notice, you know, and I'm, I'm with you. I always prefer the, the talent over, over any followers. Talent always beats anything at the end of the day, because that's the product. That's the that's the that's the thing that you're trying to sell, you know. But unfortunately, people are just having a a high demand about. I want all of it in one one True. little package, and it's hard. Yeah, and it's hard because it limits you. It limits a lot of people. Limits a bunch of others, and they gotta, you know. They all had to be social media experts. They all had to be graphic designer experts. They all had to be um, whatever experts. They had to do a lot of things that has nothing to do with music, with them producing music. Pretty much, yeah. As or spend a lot of money to get someone to do it for you. Or spend- like graphic designers, you know, et cetera. And, and, and not that I'm saying that that's bad, but still, that's money spent, you know? That's a lot of money that you're spending. Some of these graphic designers, unless your home is with a person, most of the time they charge you over over a hundred, two hundred dollars with whatever artwork you give them, you know, or artwork they give you. That's Pretty a much, lot. Yeah. yeah, and and it's very, excuse me, it's very little pay or no, not not pay. What's the word? Like return. Yes, thank you. It's little return yeah. that you see it. You know, all you get mm-hmm. is like that gratification. It's like, yeah, it's out there. And then that's it. You don't see anything positive gaining behind it. You just, that's it. Yep. So, so like, do you see that you spent $200 well spent or you actually sunk $200? Yeah, true. So yeah. And it sucks, you know, when money's around, money's involved, shit like this happens, you know. It is what it is, you know. But Let's not dwell with that, man. Uh, let's continue on with a few more questions and we can wrap this up, man. Um, sure thing. So we, you talked about how long it takes to finish your project. We say it's like on a regular average, a week at best, you know. Now, out of that, what has been your favorite project up till now? Ooh, including unreleased? Yeah, including unreleased. Oh, yeah. I have this one song called Sanguine. And it is my absolute favorite. I'll definitely send it to you later if you want it. Hell yeah. Send it over. 
Yeah, it's super like atmospheric, I guess, kind mm. of scary a little bit, like for the intro and whatnot, but nothing insane, very mm. minimal. But then the when the drop hits, like I said, crazy sound design, very full all of a sudden. It's like nice contrast and irony. Right. I really like it. I'll definitely send it over to you. Oh, hell yeah. I, I can't wait. I'll definitely send it over to me, man. Now, right, we'll do. Now, saying that that's your favorite song and because the way you design it now what was your creative process behind that song you know what actually made you say like all right this is how i want to make this song like this so um basically when i do my tracks like i mentioned earlier i take a single sound and resample it for the entire song mm -hmm. um or for the drop at least like all the bases but what i'll do is i'll basically open serum and then start recording on a blank audio track and hold down a button on my keyboard and twist random knobs until I get just some cool noises. So at the end of it, I have like a five or 10 minute long render that's just a bunch of different variations of the same sound. And then I'll just cut and paste and make random patterns and whatnot. And so I did that with this track, but I made a, a little like tonal delay rack. So I just used that as like the theme for it, started making these super percussive sounds that ring out and I don't know. I was just basically experimenting, having fun. Right. And led to this. <laughs> now, is that your creative process when it comes to making any other songs or you have a different way of doing things? Um, I usually try to start with some random sound to get phrasing down and some kind of arrangement and then kind of go back in and really dive deeper. Um, or I'll start with an intro element and then kind of just work my way through the timeline, you know? I feel like that's the better way to do it personally so I don't get stuck with a 32-bar loop or something and call it a day. Right, right. Now, have you already worked with collabs before or, you're, or not yet? Collaborations? Yeah. Yes, uh, I have one with a guy named Cause from San Antonio. I have one, possibly two, with uh, Destroya. Yay. And, um, Yay. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard that one. That's a, a really good one. <laughs> um, and then my boy, Aljamar Anubis. I have a third one with him. So um, yeah, two of those are done. One of them still in the work. So nothing too crazy. And what's your creative process behind that? Like, how do you go about when it, when it comes to do collaborations? Like, do you start something and you send them over to, or they have something and you work on something? Like, what's, what's the whole spiel of all that? Yeah, it really depends. Um, what I usually do is go through, I have a, a folder on SoundCloud that just has a bunch of different clips that are yeah. like, say, a minute or two minutes long. And then I'll send that over to whoever. I'll have them listen to it. If they want one of those, I send it out. If not, um, we'll just make something fresh. But there are also times when you know I'm talking with someone and uh, I know that I don't have anything right now that would fit their style. So I will write something that I think fits that style. Right. Something that I know they could really easily, you know, flow off of and connect with. Okay. And, and let me ask you, have, are you willing to try other genres other than dubstep or you rather stick with this one and that's it? Um, honestly, yeah, I've experimented with other genres um a little bit i haven't released a track that wasn't dubstep but basically i don't know as long as i can do just some weird crazy sound design like i'm happy so i have like a ton of drum and bass tunes that are just sitting on the hard drive you know stuff like that yeah you, yes, got, you got dmb i am not the best at dmb but i do have it <laughs> send it over
<laughs> Damn. So one of the things I actually wanted to tell you earlier in our conversation was, you know, talking about sound designing, which I'm I'm very happy to hear that, you know, we both have that same mindset of sound designing. And I, there's a lot of things that you and me have a mindset, and that's pretty cool because that means you're heading on the right direction, man. Um, but I do want to ask you, and I'm pretty sure this is very redundant of me asking you, but I definitely want to hear it because this is something I ask everybody in the show. When it comes to sound design, do you believe it's a luxury or a necessity? Necessity, 100%. I, you know, say like someone using samples or something that are pre-made, like that's fine and all. But the problem is, is that anyone can do that. And I don't feel like you stand out too much. Whereas when you design your sound, you're literally the engineer. You get to shape it however you want. You get the different tones, different arrangements and phrasing and so on. And it just is an easier way to level things up. And plus, like, if you don't design your own sounds, you can only do so much versus when you understand why, you know, what is this filter doing? Why is it sounding in this way? I feel like you write better music when you know a lot more about the specifics from doing it yourself and practicing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's actually pretty good. And I actually do say a lot about sound designing that I feel it is a necessity for any producer. It doesn't matter because I've, I have homies that are house producers and even them, they, they sound design and they don't have to, mm-hmm. well, they don't really <laughs> have to their house. Like there's that little, adds that little spice, you know, that's, that's adds then that little spice and that's why they're blowing up. That's why their shit is mm-hmm. blowing up and getting picked up by certain labels and certain artists, you know, because of that little spice. Makes it unique, makes it difference. Now, there's other house people that I know that barely, that says that, nah, I just slap a p- couple samples and it sounds good, it sounds good, and that's it. I'm like, I want to say something to them to say, like, that's not, that's not being very not creative. It. But it's funny because this, some of these house people, they actually, you know, they just slap a song or a preset and call it a day and they get played by, you know, certain house artists. And you're like, wow, is that easy? Just slap something in. They're already releasing like, wow, OK, cool. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. If it follows the formula, though, like, you know, that's what a lot of people want. But I feel like we need to break the formulas like that. I don't try to follow any formula you know it's some it's an old model that my school from here in miami um it's, it's called sae institute of technology you probably there's probably one near near you i don't know what is tennessee near you guys um it's a little far away it's not too far though okay yeah there's one in right there in NSE. um it's a school of audio engineering but basically it has a, like a lot of programs with you know with music production and other shit it, it's shit that goes with the industry one of their models was don't follow the trend, become the trend. Exactly. And I followed that very wholeheartedly because like that's exactly how you you break shit out. You know, that's how you do it, you know? Yeah. And um, like I said, I'll send you those tunes later, but you'll see like there's a lot of empty space in the new tracks that I'm writing. Mm-hmm. And I really like it. It's not too empty, you know, where people would be standing still, but then I'll send it to a friend and they'll be like, well, I would fill the empty space. And everyone says that. And I have this weird conflict where I'm like, I want to keep it that way and break the mold a little bit because I still think it's enjoyable as it is. Mm. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. No, there's definitely tracks that I've heard before that that do have like a little empty space and they sound dope. The empty space is dope. It makes, I think, 
I think those songs that I fuck with a lot, if they do have a little empty space, it just gives me a sense of like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, fuck. I fuck. It's emphasis. Yeah. It just slaps you even harder because you just basically, when everything went like, hi, then you're like, what happened? Pow! Whoa! Whoa! Okay! Yeah! Shit! Yeah! You got me! You got me! Yes, sir. Exactly. The tension, the contrast, all that. I feel like it adds a little something, you know, but it's against that common formula for everything to be full and as loud as possible. You know what? It's good to always go against rules. It's another thing that I always learn. Learn the rules so you learn how to break them. Yes, sir. Yeah, because, you know, it's it's okay if you want to follow the whole trend and you want to follow what, what everybody's doing, but are you going to be standing now from others? Yeah. That's why you should always, you know, it's okay to break the rules a little bit. Like, God, how many dubstep songs have we heard before that, you know, we thought that it was all trap, 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 and all of a sudden from, <laughs> from hardcore heavy rhythm dubstep, all of a sudden it becomes tr- a trap or vice versa. Or even, or even double time it. Yeah. Just go boom, 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 boom. Or even just go listen to a very chill melodic dubstep drop with heavy sauce and then builds it up to something hard, hard and heavy and nasty. Mm-hmm. That's breaking the mold. That's breaking the, the trend. That's, break, that's making you something unique. Because you now you're not doing something that what everybody does is like everybody can do a melodic drop. But if you do a melodic song, I'm going to let it drop. And then you have one, just one build up to a tear out section. Like people will just go, oh, oh, dude. Uh-huh. like what? It's always good to break some of these rules, bro. Completely agree. But you just have to learn how to break them, you know, because there's the difference. There's a there's a huge difference between breaking the rules because you don't know then and breaking the rules because you know how the how they operate. Completely agree. Two different things, man. Because one of them, you know how to move things around. The other one, you're just going by emotions just because. But I guarantee you, one of them will always prevail. And it's the one that you know how to break them. It's just how it is, man. Sure. Um. Let me ask you, why is it that you actually chose to name yourself uh, Jetso uh, or fuck? I, I Jetsol. Jetsol. Yes, sir. Um, so long, long time ago, like maybe 10 years ago, uh, I played World of Warcraft. I don't okay. know if you've heard it. I'm sure you've heard of it. but oh, Of course. Um, I, I, I was yeah. part of that era. Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair. So they had this race called Worgens, which are like werewolf humans, pretty much. Right. Um, and so that was the character I played. His name was Jexel, J-E-X-O-L, exactly oh. like it. And um, that's when like, I met a big group of friends online, you know? Um, and so like, I don't know, basically like I would come home from school or something, get on the computer, and then log in with these dudes, and that's how everyone knew me. So then when I went to go like do anything else with them, say like, go play games somewhere else on some other platform. Like that was my name. So it just kind of stuck as a nickname for me everywhere. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And does your music reflect on that, you know, persona? Mm, I don't know. Not exactly. I would definitely say it used to. Um, I used to have like a logo with like a wolf head and stuff like that. 
But, um, and I would try to just make these like gnarly growls and I still kind of include those in every single one of my tracks, you know, but I'm also kind of straying away from that now that my music taste is changing. So mm. not a hundred percent. All right. Sounds good, man. So up until now, what has been your greatest accomplishment? Damn. <laughs> I mean, honestly, just putting my music out into the world, whether, you know, I would definitely say like releasing music and just having it out there. Like that's a part of like, I'm just so happy to have my music somewhere that other people can listen to it if they ever wanted to find it. Mm. Like I said, right now it's a hobby for me. I just want to be creating art and I genuinely just enjoy putting out music. Even if no one listens to it, like it's out there and I'm happy that it's out there, you know? So, so what are you currently doing and what do you hope to accomplish by it? Uh, by what? Um, you know, what are you currently doing that making faint stuff and something that you want to accomplish in later down the future? Like, what are you cooking or what are your plans as Jetsho? Definitely still making a ton of just really, really weird dubstep <laughs> as uh, bluntly as I can put it. Goal, yeah. honestly, end of year goal is probably to play a show outside of the DFW area, even if it's Austin or San Antonio, you know, something yeah. like that. Um, and then long-term goals to genuinely, I just want to keep putting out music. I would like within say the next two, maybe three years to have a full EP finished out into the world, you know, like a debut thing to really cement this project into this scene. You know, those are kind of my short-term stuff. Then we got one more question and we can wrap it up, man. Yes, sir. Let's say that you're walking down the street. And then all of a sudden, a UFO pops out of nowhere. Some aliens comes out and they say, yo, we need your help. We need your help, man. Because you and only you can help us out. You'll be like, all right, dope, let's, let's do this. He's like, all right. But before you go, just so you know, you don't know how long you're going to be out. Here's a piece of paper. Write three pieces of advice that you will give to someone. What are those three pieces of advice music related advice yeah. music in general however you like it oh damn that's a good one uh <laughs> number one would definitely be to just put stuff out at mm. least you know musically or whatever if it's a clip on soundcloud if it is a full-fledged song if it is an album if it is an if it is a mix doesn't matter just keep creating and just keep putting stuff out um Number two would definitely be research. Like if you are producing in Ableton, read the Ableton manual. I know it sounds dumb and like a ton of work, but there are so many fine, minute details that you will learn about like what they do to your sound and et cetera um, that you won't learn elsewhere. And there's also, you know, YouTube University and Google and whatnot, but yeah. YouTube University. And the, <laughs> yeah. And the, uh, the third thing I would honestly say, just in general, not even music related, is just have fun. You know, life's short. Uh, and yep. we probably only get one of them. You know, please don't have any regrets. If it's music related, you know, do whatever you're going to do. Uh, if, even if it's not music related, related, you know, just have a good time. Leave a good impact on this world, you know? Very good, man. Very good. Well, thank you so much for coming over to the show, man. I really appreciate you coming over any given time, man. If you want to send me some music, you want to you know, come back again, just kick it, let me know, and we can set it up, man. 
Yeah, sounds good, man. I really appreciate you having me on. Of course, man. Before we leave, plug yourself out. Let the people know where they can follow you and what they can expect for you in the future. Sure thing. My name is Jexel on SoundCloud. It's Jexel Music. Instagram, it's also Jexel Music. Twitter, it's Jexel underscore. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Appreciate it very much, man. Thank you for coming into the show. Thank you guys for listening. And remember, every week is a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So always remember to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast at youtube.com slash the lone wolf podcast or even lone wolf pod.com that's lone w-l-o-v pod.com when you can check all my latest episodes you can also check my audio version at soundcloud spotify apple podcast and iHeartRadio at wolves and music or lone wolf podcast very simple for you guys to check it out Comment down below. Let me hear your thoughts. Share your experiences. If you guys got a specific topic that you want me or you want Dead Show to cover, please let us know in the comments down below. We'll do our best to cover it on the next episode. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.